Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey listeners, do I have an event for you. Billings American Legion is putting on their annual Hall of Fame dinner April 9th at the Doubletree Hotel. Join us for a night of fun honoring current and past Legion ball players. All proceeds go right back to the program. More information to follow, but you want to be sure to mark this date. This year's Hall of Fame class is truly amazing. You can follow their stories here on our podcast and then meet them in person at the Hall of Fame dinner. They are an inspiration to all. Thank you and for your support. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I am joined by Missoula Legion B team coach Tom Kaiser. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mitch. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So What's your background in baseball? You know, I know a lot of coaches usually are past players themselves. So what's your background? Um, yeah, um, so I, I'm actually probably one of the few coaches in our program that didn't play for the Mavs. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in in a small town in South Dakota. Um, played pretty much every sport you could find at that point, at that point you know, growing up. Um, really always loved baseball more than every other sport, but uh, had some success in a couple other sports also, and uh, um, initially went to college and, and played football and baseball, and then uh, transferred after one year and decided to just play baseball after that. So um, I spent that time in South Dakota. The town I grew up in was Beersford, South Dakota, which is close to Sioux Falls, um, but much, much smaller, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I, I started my career at the University of Sioux Falls uh, when they were an NAIA uh, rival of Carroll on the football field, for sure. And uh, then I transferred to Northern State University, which is in uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota. Well, awesome. I was going to ask where you were from in South Dakota, because I have driven through South Dakota to go to Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Oh, yep. Yep. The far east side where it's uh, as flat as a table and windy all the time. (laughs) No kidding. But Sioux Falls is really pretty. I like Sioux Falls. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So how did you get into, you know, coaching and then getting this B team position from Missoula? Um, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I started off, uh, for a long time. I was convinced I was going to be an attorney, uh, first couple of years of college felt the same way, um, had a change of heart halfway through and, um, tried to figure out where I was going to go, you know, what direction I was going to go. Uh, I was really, really fortunate growing up to have a lot of really good coaches, um, in particular, two um, that I'm still very close with today. Um, I had football coach and head baseball coach. Um, just they they still do, but they they made a, a, an enormous impact on my life. Um, I decided I wanted to be able to do that also. You know, I wanted to be, uh, you, you can't be that person for every kid and not every kid needs it. Um, but I wanted to be able to, to be that person um, if someone needed it, if a player needed it, or if a student needed it. So uh, changed education. Um, and I had been coaching. I started coaching as soon as I was in college. Um, so I was, you know, 
an idiot out there on the field, uh, you know, not knowing what he was doing for quite a while. Uh, some people probably say I st I'm still in that boat. Um, but uh, so I started uh, coaching right away with like uh, junior legion stuff. So, um, you know, 14, 15 year old uh, kids and just kind of kept moving up the ladder a little bit. Um, by the time I was done in my hometown, I was the senior legion coach, um, moved to Columbus, Nebraska, uh, which is um, the smallest school at the biggest level in Nebraska. Um, so I, I started coaching junior legion ball there uh, and helping out the, uh, or as an assistant on the high school uh, team. And then eventually he was the head coach, uh, varsity head coach and senior legion coach there. Decided to move um, in 2015, moved to Missoula. My plan was to take a year off from coaching and kind of reassess some things and see, see what to do. Um, that lasted about two months. And I saw an advertisement for uh, um, an opening with the Mavs, not knowing exactly what it was, and met with Coach Hathaway and met with our uh, board president at the time and uh, decided that I couldn't really step away. And so uh, that was that was in still the early stages of our B program here. That was, I think, maybe the third or fourth year that we had had a B team. Um, and it was significantly different uh, compared to what it is now. And so that was, uh, you know, 20 summer of 2016. Uh, and I've been in the program since then. That's awesome. So you mentioned you're a teacher. What level of teaching are you? Um, I, so I've I've taught three different grades in my career. I started as a third grade teacher. Um, I taught fifth grade for the majority of my career. This is my 12th, 12th year, I think, as a, as a teacher. Um, and now I'm an eighth grade math teacher at uh, Hellgate Elementary. Oh, that's cool. So with you being in eighth grade, you have the potential of maybe having some of your, you know, team in your classes. Have you had that? And how cool is that to have them in your classes? Yeah, uh, I have had a few. Uh, you know, this is, this is my second year as an eighth grade teacher, so I haven't had it a lot. Um, but it is really neat. And, and you know, I, I saw that too, even when I was a fifth grade teacher and a, and a high school coach um, when I lived in Nebraska, because, you know, you see some kids that you, you get to know as students and then you see them as student athletes. And uh, it's just, a, it's a really cool experience, you know? And um, sometimes, you know, you love the kid in the classroom and you love them just as much on the field. And sometimes mm -hmm. there are students that, that, you know, you might have some struggles with in the classroom. And then you, you get to know them as a student athlete and boy, it changes that dynamic in a good way, you know? Um, that's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun experience, yeah. For sure, that's, that's so cool. So being the B team coach, it's kind of an interesting thing because you oftentimes have kids for one year and then they're moving up to the A level. So what is that like to have them for such a short amount of time? Um, yeah, I think... Uh... <clears throat> We tell, we tell kids, or I guess I tell our players all the time, um, best case scenario, you're with me for one year. Um, you know, that, that means two things. Number one, you've busted your butt to get better. And number two, um, I hopefully didn't mess things up. You know, like uh, hopefully I've helped in, in some way, shape or form. Um, but that's the goal. And um, I, I do think it's an advantage that I've, been in the in a program where I wasn't the freshman coach, where I was the varsity coach, you know, so you, you mm -hmm. understand the importance of the job, you understand the importance of every level within the program. And, uh, you know, so we, we coach our kids at the B level very hard with the notion that we don't, you know, it's not that we don't, but for their sake, we don't want to see them more than one year. You know, right. like I said, if we see them for one year, 
that means they've done everything they could do to, to improve themselves and, and keep moving up the ladder. But it, it, it is different, you know, and um, it, it never fails that there are years where you go, man, I wish we could get so-and-so for another year. You know, like you, you see a whole lot of growth, but you also know that, you know, in our program, when you move up to the A-level, you're going to be playing against guys with beards the next year, <laughs> you no know? Kidding. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be on the field uh, stepping into the box against the guy who was in college last year, you know, and, and you may have just finished your freshman year of high school. And so, yeah. you know, you, you worry about kids and you don't want them to, to be overwhelmed and you don't want them to drown, um, but you also want them to keep moving along the ladder. You know, that's how this game works. For sure. So that actually kind of leads into one of my what if questions that I've had ever since my little brother was in the A-level playing against those guys that did have full beers and were 19 years old glenn dive my brother's freshman year was just amazing <laughs> and um do you think that like so like missoula helena great falls billings and kalispell and bozeman all play each other in the double a level but mm-hmm. do you think that their team should play each other in the a and b level so you don't have 15 and 16 year olds going against the 19 year olds with full beards that are basically grown men. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I do think that at the A level, you're closer to being able to make up that gap, you know, um, uh, it's not always that way, you know, and, and, it, and it probably depends on your team. There are probably some years that you have an A level, an A team that is young, but they can handle themselves against guys like that. And, mm-hmm. but there are also years where you have an A team that's young, that you think is going to be good, you know, you can be really high on that group of kids and, and excited about their future and they might go out and take some serious lumps. Um, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I do know that it stood out to me that I think it was two years ago that the Blue Jays won the A title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't, we talked about that a lot, you know, uh, at, at our B level, especially like how excited would you be if you were the double A coach and your A team just won a state title? Because you know how difficult it is. You know, there, yeah. there, there are some really good A players and some pretty good A teams in this state. And uh, it's not a fluke if you make that, that jump. Um, I think it would be more beneficial to have those limitations on the B level, to be honest with you, as opposed yeah. to the A level. Um, I mean, there, <laughs> there are some times where we run our seventh and eighth graders out against guys that have some beards um, <laughs> there. And uh, it's, it's frustrating and, and it's hard sometimes, you know, to, uh, to bite your tongue a little bit and, and uh, just kind of take it because, you know, you're trying to develop kids that might win an A or double A title in four years. And um, there are some A programs that really take a lot of pride and get a lot of enjoyment out of being a, beating a double A B program. Mm-hmm. So you know, they'll bring a kid down from the A team to pitch against us. And, and I know it happens to more than just us. I'm not saying it's just a Missoula thing, yeah. but uh, boy, those are tough ones to swallow, you know, and it's not doing them any good and it's sure as heck not doing us much good. But so, I, I mean, I think at the A level, it seems like the double A programs can hang, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you have a good A team, you're probably going to be okay. Um, I would say the years would be more concerning is when you're real young and, you know, you're still a couple of years away. For sure. So I have two follow-up questions here. Uh-huh. One is, do you think the B level should have a state tournament? Cause I mean, the A level has one double A has one. 
I think the B should have one. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, 100%. I felt that way from the time that I stepped into the, this program. Uh, and, you know, I didn't really know the, the terrain of the B, the B level, um, but I felt that way uh, immediately. Um, I've also heard that from a lot of other people and other programs. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty clear why, or to me, at least it's very clear why it hasn't happened. Yeah. So, and then my other follow-up is I know from the billings programs that our B level is very closely intertwined with the intertwined with the upper levels, you know, practicing together, things like that. Does that also happen for you guys in Missoula? Um, yes, more so before games start happening. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, Obviously, space is always an issue for every every program in the, in the state and in the country, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, we spend a lot of time together in the winter for obvious reasons. Um, and then, you know, early in the season, we spend a lot of time together. But then once, you know, once the, the schedule starts cranking up and you're playing, um, you know, what every team needs is different. Um, so, you, you know, once once things really start going, it almost feels uh, or it almost kind of turns into like three different programs at mm-hmm. certain times in, in terms of practice, you know, and preparation, right. because, you know, like I said, um, we might be teaching some fundamental stuff that we haven't covered yet. And, you know, the double A team might not need that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there are aspects to that that happen, but, um, I know that's always something that we, I think every coach in our program probably wishes we could do more of that, but it's it, logistically, it's a very, a pretty big challenge. For sure. So Montana just adopted high school baseball. What are your thoughts on how it's going to work and how is it going to work in Missoula specifically? Um, I wish I had some answers for that. I, I don't, um, you know, I'm not one of the decision makers that gets to make those calls. I'm not on the school board or um, right. you know, working at Hellgate Elementary. I, I'm, I'm not within the Missoula County public school system. Uh, so I'm not necessarily privy to all that information. Uh, there are a lot of things to figure out and uh, things that are, are really big picture things and a lot of smaller things that, that seem not that important, but they're important. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, to be truthful, I have not heard a whole lot of details about it um, in terms of what everybody's thinking. And that, that goes for schools here and schools across the state. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for it because, you know, being one of the only states that doesn't have it, um, I don't know that that was necessarily a strength, you know, um, I think there's a lot of things that are different about Montana in a good way. And, um, I think this might be one of them that wasn't so good. Uh, Mm -hmm. that might also be because I've never lived in a state that didn't have high school baseball, you know? So it was, it was a little, it was an adjustment for me moving here and, and only having Legion programs. So. Right. No, that's for sure. Um, so how did it work with your other states being able to juggle both? Uh, so as a, as a player growing up um, in, in South Dakota, it's not a, a sanctioned sport through the athletic or the, the activities association. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's considered a club sport at this point. I mean, every school other than the smallest of the small schools um, either has a team or has a co-op team. Um, I think it started in South Dakota, maybe like 99 or 2000, something like that. And it was primarily just the bigger schools. But like mm-hmm. I said, now it's, it's grown into something where it's just, that's part of the expectation. Um, you know, and you play your spring season and then pretty much as soon as the spring season's done, you're starting Legion practices, you know, or uh, to be truthful, because it's not a sanctioned sport, 
in South Dakota, as soon as um, your team is eliminated, you pretty much started Legion preparation. Now in Nebraska, because it's a sanctioned sport, you know, we had hard cutoff dates. You couldn't start Legion tryouts until after the state tournament. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you just kind of, I, I don't, once it becomes the norm, it becomes pretty smooth. Now at first it can obviously be pretty, pretty ugly. And, right. and I would anticipate there are going to be some parts that aren't very smooth um, here getting it started. But, you know, uh, the Legion, because it's normal in every other state, the Legion has rules set up that like, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward about how you can't, what you can and can't do, you know, and when you can do it and things like that. So um, I was very fortunate that the city that I lived in, in Nebraska, um, we had one big high school or, you know, big for, mm -hmm. for that, that size. And then, um, you know, one senior Legion program. And so I was the head coach of both. And a lot of our coaches were on the staff throughout the summer and the spring, you know, so there was that continuity. And also, you know, truthfully, when you're making decisions, then in the spring, you're making decisions for the big picture, right? You're, th you're thinking about the spring and the summer, um, you know, you're not going to destroy a kid's arm just because you're trying to win a state title in the spring, right. you know, and you don't really care about the summer. So mm -hmm. uh, everywhere that I've been, it's been a very smooth process. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, there are no hiccups along the way, but uh, I, I think once it gets going, you iron out those things pretty fast. No, for sure. And I think like you mentioned where in South Dakota, it was the major towns first and then uh, smaller towns joined in. I do think what, from what I've heard, that's what we're doing here. Double A schools will have it first and then maybe down the line, other schools will join in. But I do think it's just double A to start out. Yeah, I, I think it kind of makes sense. Sometimes it helps to be able to see how other people do it. And then you go, oh, uh, we want to do that or, you know, we don't want to do that. You know, right. and, uh, uh, if you have a little more flexibility in terms of resources, whether it's financial or just, you know, facilities um, at the double A level, then you can probably figure those things out. Mm -hmm, for sure. So Billings has quite a large travel baseball team community and our B teams a lot of times will play those travel teams. Does Missoula have that as well? And do you schedule travel ball teams in your schedule to just get extra games in? Uh, at this point, most of our travel teams are maybe a little bit younger than our B kids. Um, that, that's not necessarily always the case. Uh, up to this point, we've never, we have not added those teams to our schedule, you know, during the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, there have certainly been some times where in a tournament setting, we'll end up seeing a team and, and uh, you know, me not being from here, I don't know every kid. And some of our kids will go, oh, hey, like those three kids are from Missoula <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, things like that. Um, but uh, at this point, no, I, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think there are enough travel teams at that age level that it's necessary. Okay. And, and, and also, uh, I would say this is a credit to our program. Uh, we're one of the, in my opinion, one of the few B programs or one of the few programs in the state that is willing and eager to spend money on our B program. So yeah. we don't limit our travel. Um, we don't limit, you know, our, our, uh, the games that we're going to play or something like that. So we're not trying to just cut costs at the B level by playing a travel team in Missoula, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's not necessarily the case in every, every program across the state that has a B team. Right. So now I have to ask, you guys are pretty close to Idaho. 
Do you cross that border and play any teams in Idaho ever? We haven't. The only time we've played anybody, we've had a couple, um, I think Spokane or Washington teams that have come over to our, our tournament. Um, or, and a couple of the Canadian teams will come down. But mm -hmm. we haven't uh, at the B level. Uh, we, I mean, we maybe played, I, we played Coeur d'Alene a couple of years ago. Um, but that not something like on a regular basis. Yeah, I just didn't know because I mean we go down being fairly close to Wyoming down here in Billings. We go to Gillette, Cody, pretty frequently here. Yep. Yeah, our A and AA teams definitely spend a lot more time making those kinds of trips than our, compared to our B teams. Yeah, for sure. So what do you look for for your players, you know, off season and even in season to help them improve? Um, you know, I, th I think it always starts with with uh, the motor in the player. You know, um, we I, I try to emphasize it to, to players over and over. Uh, if they have the best coach in the world, but they don't work hard, it's, it's not going to do much. You know, if they have the worst coach in the world, but they're working their, their tail off, um, they're going to make some strides, you know, and uh, hopefully they don't have, hopefully have somewhere between that, you know, something between right. the worst coach and the best coach in the world. Um, but I, I think it's an internal drive. Um, you know, if you, and that goes for anything, not just athletics, if, if you want something bad, bad enough, then you're willing to pay the price for it, you know? And uh, it, if you, so, you know, if you want to, to get better as a player, um, what you do in the off season tells us how badly you want that, you know, uh, your words don't matter. Your Instagram posts don't matter. Um, uh, what matters is what you're doing. And if you're spending time getting better, and you're getting bigger and you're getting faster, we can tell you want it. And then, you know, what you do in season, how you take care of your body, how you prepare for the game, what kind of teammate you are, you know, it's, it's all encompassing and uh, it doesn't require you to be perfect. But uh, I guess one of the things we share often is the only thing that, that can be consistent and perfect is your effort. You know, uh, you're going to have a day where you can't pick up a ground ball. You're going to have a day where you can't throw a strike. Um, you're going to have bad days. Um, but the effort doesn't have to have a bad day. And that's, you know, I feel like that's the separator as you get older and, you know, you start to see those kids that say they really want something, but you don't see them, uh, until the end of February, you know, or, right. or then you see kids that say they want something and you see them every dang day, uh, from, mm. you know, from December through, through March and you go, all right, uh, this kid's for real, you know, and, uh, he's got a shot because he wants it that bad. For sure. So you played multiple sports in high school. Are you a um, supporter of kids playing multiple sports? Uh, 100%, um, especially at the younger levels. Um, we have conversations throughout the whole spring and summer with our players because a lot of them are transitioning from eighth grade to high school. And mm -hmm. you know, we ask them, hey, you know, which high school are you going to? Um, I, it's usually this order. Which high school are you going to? Are you enrolled in a weights class? And if not, why not? you know? Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, what other sport are you going to play? And we push them like crazy to play something. And, you know, we tell them over and over, um, just be bad at something. Like you, you don't have to just play a sport that you're going to be good at. You know, um, if, if you're going to be a, a backup linebacker, your, your body's going to improve by playing football. If you try, mm -hmm. right. Um, you're going to be a part of a team. You're going to have to do some difficult things. It's more than just sitting around you know, uh, or like, you know, uh, run cross country. We've, we've had some good players in our program that have, you know, been distance runners and 
just like, you know, get out there. And, and I also think for us too, with those younger kids, that's an important part of high school, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a social aspect of it too. Right. If you show up in high school and all you do is play baseball and there's only Legion baseball, well, you're, you're limiting your circle quite a bit at that point, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I think there are multiple advantages to it. I would say this though. I think one thing that gets lost in that conversation when kids start to get older, if, if you, you know, if you're, what I always said when I was, when I was a, a head coach is you should not limit yourself to one sport until you're a junior in high school. Now, if you get to be a junior and you love baseball or you love basketball or you, you know, you love wrestling, whatever your sport is, mm-hmm. and you want to get to it fully, I think you're probably at a, in a spot where you can do it, you know? Um, but I also think there are some kids that are ready to just limit themselves to one sport. And if, but if they don't do the off season work, then I think it's pointless. Like, I think you'd be better off, you know, it, let's say you think you're, you're going to be a baseball guy and that's your, that's your sport. I think you'd be better off sitting on the bench on the basketball team than not working out as a baseball player. Now, if you're, if you're incredibly motivated and you're throwing like crazy and you're lifting like crazy, then I think it's a good thing. But I think that's the part that gets lost in the conversation. You know what I mean? Oh, if, for if, sure. if you want to focus on one sport and you're going to commit to it during the season and in the off season, then I think you should do it when you get mm. older. But I think um, so, sometimes we also throw that, you know, that story out there about multi-sport athletes like Joe Burrow, right? great basketball player. Well, maybe one of the reasons why he's also a good basketball player is because he's a world-class athlete. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. And so I, I don't know. It's just like anything else. Everything's different for every kid. Um, And some kids should be playing two or three sports until they're seniors. Some kids Mm -hmm. maybe should pick one sport and, you know, focus on it during the season and in the off season. But um, we kind of all look for that one size fits all thing. You know, just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for another kid. No, for sure. Definitely. So you're kind of in a difficult, but also fun and rewarding position of being a lot of kids first time Legion coach. And a lot of them are coming off of either little league or travel ball or something where they played shortstop and batted first. Probably 90% of the time, except for the lefties can't play short. (laughs) Some of them do. (laughs) Some do, but very rarely. (laughs) How do you manage that? Because obviously you can't have 15, 14 shortstops and they can't all bat first. So how do you manage that with the kids? Well, first off, fun fact. um, One of my best friends in the world is is the head coach of the program that I, where I used to coach. And he's got a starting pitcher right now going to Coastal Carolina. When I oh, met wow. him as a, as a sixth or seventh grader, he was a left-handed shortstop. <laughs> and they, they can happen. Yeah, no, and, very, and we, very all went, we all went, what are we doing here? You know, like we're, we're going to, you know, totally ruin this kid's future. And he turned out okay. But obviously he's not playing shortstop in high school. <laughs> um, no, I, I, what you bring up is a really good point. And it's a, and it's a, it's a challenge every season and it's a challenge at every level, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a little bit different, but it's, it's present at every level, double A, A and B. Um, the first part at the B level, to be honest with you is this might, this, for a lot of these kids, this is the first time that their dad's not the coach. Mm. And, um, 
you know, there, there are dads that are incredibly hard on their, their boys. There are dads that um, would never ever correct their boys. And there's a lot of dads in between the two. Um, so I think that part's a shock, you know, where they don't know me, I don't know them most of the time. Um, so that part is, is a challenge. Uh, but in terms of, you know, figuring out what they do best, we're pretty fortunate that we have a lot of practice time before we start playing games. Um, but we like, we try to, to ask the kids for their input we go, okay, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think are your three best positions? Because we also tell kids, Hey, you can't move up to the ARAA level only playing one position, right. right? Like you have to have versatility. You have to bring more to the table than just playing second base or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you have to be able to have some, some skill somewhere else. And that's going to make you, uh, for your entire career, it's going to make you more attractive to the next coach. Um, but we ask them and, you know, if a kid thinks he can play shortstop, if seven of them think that they can play shortstop, we're going to put them all out there in practice situations, in scrimmage situations, and maybe sometimes in game situations. And then mm -hmm. the game kind of tells you, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And it doesn't mean that we don't communicate with the kids. Um, but you know, the game sorts things out, right. Uh, uh, for all of us and, and for even players at the highest level, uh, you know, every guy in a big league roster probably played shortstop and pitched for their, their little league team, right. you know, <laughs> um, and, and things like that. And you go, okay, well, are you willing to, are, are you able to see the reality, right? Like, okay, maybe this isn't where I fit best. And then also able to see, Hey, where do I fit? You know what I mean? Like, okay, I don't, I can't play shortstop anymore because, you know, I can't do the things that that guy's doing, but I can play third base like a champ, right? And mm -hmm. so now I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to understand this role. I'm going to commit to that role. Um, but it, it takes time. And we try really hard to have those conversations with kids in an honest way, but also in a compassionate way. And, yeah. and that's the challenge with, you know, seventh, eighth and ninth graders, because like I said, this might be the first time that their dad wasn't their coach. Um, and so you have to deliver some of those hard truths, but you also, you package it with like, Hey, this is, you know, you can't play this position right now, but this is what you can do. Right. right. Or, you know, and sometimes it might even be right now, you can't play shortstop. You're just too small, but I think you can be a shortstop in the future. So you're still going to work over there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing that is easy to overlook, I think everyone appreciates hearing the truth if it's delivered in a, a tactful way. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, if you can share that with a young kid and then back it up with your actions, you know, if, if you're not just burying him in right field, but you're actually letting him work at that position that he thinks he can play, um, they're probably going to work pretty hard for you, but for it, sure. it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. For sure. So then another big thing with Legion, and you mentioned this with playing multiple positions, I know Legion has some sort of, I think, pitcher. They have some rule with different pitchers, amount of pitchers, something like that. I can't remember. But um, anyway, how do you, you know, help your kids be able to be effective Legion pitchers coming out of, you know, their different things that they did before Legion? Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, that's probably the biggest developmental piece that we have to work at every single year. Um, aside from just the fact that suddenly they're playing 55 games, you know, and, and practicing or playing every day. Um, specifically, the pitching is, is a big challenge because there's just so much more going on. Um, but also uh, one of the, I think this is an advantage at the younger levels, um, you know, we're not trying to win a state tournament because we don't have one. Mm. Uh, we don't have conference games and non-conference games. 
So, you know, we go into the season and we say, hey, um, every game is the most important game of the season, right? Like the most important game of the season is the one that we have today. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're trying to win them all, but we're also trying to develop everybody. And so we tell all of our kids, whether you've pitched or not, we're going to develop you as a pitcher. Now that we might be able to tell within the first two weeks that you're never going to see an inning or, you know, you're never going to throw an inning and that's fine. But uh, we've had quite a few kids over the last couple of years that go, yeah, you know, I hardly pitched at all for my, my travel team or my little league team. And they turn out to be pitchers, you know, mm-hmm. and there are some kids who pitched a lot for their little league teams or travel teams and don't end up throwing a whole lot. But um, we go into it casting a wide net, you know, and we say, hey, uh, the last the worst thing that we could do is miss out on a guy who could have been good, you know. Right. And so we'd rather give a kid an opportunity and and have him crash and burn a couple of times than not give them that opportunity and regret it later on. No, for sure. And then, so my final question here is kind of a thing the Royals did last year that I, it worked out, but um, catchers as pitchers, I feel like that would be very wearing on their arms. Is that something that you guys kind of like to shy away from if possible? Or do you, are you pro that, you know? Yeah, it's difficult, you know, um, sometimes your best athlete or your best arm is, is behind the plate. Um, I think the older you get, the more you try to shy away from it. Um, but it is, you know, there are times where, where you need to find a way to have a kid do both. Um, I mean, I I was on the double A staff for one year and that was when, um, Ben Tallman was playing for the Scarlets. Right. And, you know, like I, I paid very close attention to how coach who's did that or handled that, you know, it was, um, he'd usually catch, two or three of the four games and then he might pitch the last game you know mm-hmm. and um, I, I I think especially if you can explain that to players too and and encourage them to be honest with you about how their body feels and their arm feels I think it can be an, a healthy thing you know like I said um when when Tom, uh, Ben Tallman was was done I didn't know if he was going to go pitch in college or catch in college you yeah. know and I think that was probably a good thing uh, for him that, that showed that they developed him in both areas. Um, mm-hmm. and so, especially for us at the younger level, the lat, I think it would be really harmful for us to designate a kid as a catcher only, unless that's something that he really wants to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's, it's trying to be smart about their bodies, you know, and saying, okay, you're never going to pitch and catch on the same day. I'll never, ever do that to you. Um, I'll always give you a heads up ahead of time. You need to be honest with me about how you feel because, um, I want you to be as good as you can be. And that requires you to be healthy, you know, and, and we would rather lose a game uh, when you're 14 than uh, have you miss a year because you have Tommy John or, you know, something stupid like that. No, for sure. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time, Tom. It's been great talking to you and just hearing what you have to say about the game and all that. Absolutely. Mitch. I really appreciate it. Of course, you have a great rest of your night and good luck to your team this summer. Thank you very much. Take care. All right.